Hello and welcome everybody to the Habs World Podcast. I'm your host, Norm Sarek. Uh, first up for my co-host is Paul McLeod. Paul, how are you? Very well, Norman. Happy to be here as always. Excellent. Uh, glad to have you. Next up, Sean K. Away. Sean, how are you? Great. How, uh, just kind of coming to terms with the, the tank being over. <laughs> oh, well, is it or isn't it? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Last up, Jonathan Rabello. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm confused by what Sean just said, but uh, yeah, let's get it going. <laughs> okay, okay. So before we dive in, got to mention this is episode number 94, and it's we're recording this. Gosh, I got to check. Today's December 8th, 2022. And that is, you know, the Corey Perry, Yannick Pro, Tom Pyatt edition. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, the incomparable Tom Pyatt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, all three, all three of those guys uh, went on pretty long Stanley Cup drives with the Canadians, though, like deep into the playoffs. All three of them went deep into the playoffs at these points, yeah. I think. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that parallel. Hmm. Okay. All right, guys. Let's So let's dive in. The Habs uh, this month have a terrible <laughs> schedule with something like 15 or 16 games, I think, most of them on the road, and they're just getting over their four-game West Coast road trip, which is usually a recipe for disaster. This time, though, they, they didn't do that badly. They came out of it 2-1-1, one, and, one. and um, I admit I'm a little surprised. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, what did um, what did you think of this recent road trip? I think Sean should start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it has come as a surprise because, I mean, we're so used to that Western Conference road trip just being a, an absolute gong show for the team mm. and i guess it kind of was when they faced the uh, the, the canucks but uh, <laughs> uh, other than that i mean i mean they've they've looked okay and it's it's very surprising it's a uh, you know i i thought they were in line to be one of the worst and i think the metrics say it, that they are pretty bad defensively and they're getting bailed out by their goaltending but I don't think anyone expected Caden Gooley to become a number one defenseman as soon as he stepped into the NHL. And that that's, I think that's just changed things completely. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, some of the, I mean, Motown Bo obviously got shelled the other night, but before that, I mean, man, it was, it's like a night and day last year. And, uh, and Allen seems to, I mean, he had a decent game against the Kraken and of course, you know, it was so, so surprised to see Shane Wright score his first career goal against the Montreal Canadiens. It was a, such a surprising uh, development that I could have yeah, never that predicted never that. Yeah, that would never happen. Yeah, the, it's, the, the earth definitely is not uh, a simulation for sure. Yeah, isn't it that AHL scrub that they called up for uh, this game? <laughs> <laughs> I, you or I responded well in that game, by the way. So we'll get yes, to did. Yeah, so uh, others can talk about uh, the road trip. But uh, yeah. I can't say I'm pleasantly surprised because I don't want them to win. I've never hit that fact, but it's, it's surprising to me. Um, I would say the other surprising thing is uh, what you didn't mention is Suzuki and Caulfield, the pace they're scoring goals at is mm. insane. You know, if, it, if I was to tell you they're both going to have 15 goals before Christmas, which is still, you know, there's still eight, six more games until then, you know, none of you guys would have believed that either one of them would have 15 or maybe they would combine for 15 goals. So watching the two of those guys power plays start to get a little bit better in terms of their setup and having three or four little set plays, 
but Suzuki and Caulfield are a dream to watch. Um, and yeah. And then I, I like what you said about Gooley too, Sean, because I don't think the Canadians expected him to be pushing Matheson down in the lineup. And when Matheson first came back, looks like they gave him a lot of the number one role stuff, but that's going back to Gooley now because Gooley is better than Matheson. And it's, um, it's noticeable how much better he is than every single of the defense normal team. Yeah, in fact, the, the veterans are struggling, right? Matheson has not looked good the last few games. Edmondson does not look good at all. And, you know, you expect Matheson to take a while to get, you know, he didn't really have much of a preseason and he's off for a while. Well, I guess he did play a bit of preseason. Edmondson, not at all. But, like, uh, yeah, to, to be bailed out by a rookie is is something else. He's, he's what do you think player. about the road trip, Paul? Well, like you guys, uh, pleasantly surprised. Talking about Gooley, off the top of your head, how many – defenseman, veteran or otherwise, have you seen stand up Connor McDavid and stop him in his tracks? Man, and he and he did it yeah. three times in that game. Not yeah. many, right? It just doesn't happen very often. And it was it just, impressive. Yeah. So Gooley's off the charts. Uh Jack Eye is leading uh rookie defenseman in goal scoring, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, some of the defensive metrics don't look good because we've got four rookie defensemen starting. It's a miracle we're not being shelled every night. Against the Canucks, you know, I, I feel like a bit responsible about that because, you know, I said to my son at the at end of the second period, you know, oh, Montembeau looks a lot better than he did last year. He's playing great. Then <laughs> <laughs> I should never say things like that because yes. every time I do – Fate tends to do something weird, but you know they went three one and one. They could easily, uh, they could have easily have won that game. Should have won that game against Vancouver. You know I, I don't know about the tank because I look at Edmonton. Right, they tank. They got great players. They have some of the best players of their generation in, in McDavid and and Drysaitel, and they still can't win. They still struggle to come back. They still struggle mm. with all the aspects of becoming a real winning team after having sixth year, fifth year. I've lost count, but they're wasting a lot of his prime. I wonder what he'll demand a trade. What's that? I wonder when he'll ask for a trade. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're spending a lot of time, wasting a lot of his career, trying to undo the, the tank, right? And it's yeah. Buffalo's been decades, um, you know, Arizona may not, uh, you know, uh, ice a winning team this decade if they still exist at the end of the decade. A tank is a dangerous thing. So I'm quite happy that uh, they're competitive, that they're showing growth because, I mean, they get, they they blew that game against Vancouver. They came back tired, exhausted at the end of the road trip against Seattle and shut, the, shut it down, kept the lead. You're right, Paul. Yeah, I, they, I couldn't they, believe they held – Seattle to almost nothing. I also love that the Habs won that game with four shots on goal. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> nobody expected uh, Seattle's goaltender to be, uh, you know, Mark, he didn't exactly light things up in, in, in for San Jose all those years. But mm -hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I'm really pleased with the development of the team. I'm happy they're competitive. If they lose, I'm not as upset as usual because, you know, draft picks. But ideally, it'd be Montreal making the playoffs and 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 Florida falling in falling into a lottery pick. That would be a dream scenario. But in the end, last comment: I think that when the veteran, some of the veterans are going to be traded at the trade deadline, and I think the team is going to go down then a little bit, uh, simply yeah. because they won't have the they won't have the bodies. And uh, I think we'll still get a couple of top ten picks 
come uh, June or July, whenever the draft is this year. Okay. That'd be nice. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. I'm optimistic. Did you notice? Fair. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah, you guys made some great comments. So the I want to just add, it was kind of funny to see the game against Calgary go to such a, a relatively tight scoring game and then and turn around and have that barn burner 1980s style uh, result against Vancouver. I Yeah, that one kind of, especially when they, they had a 4 nothing lead, I thought after the first period, I was thinking, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, I'll watch the rest of it in the morning. And I'm, and I'm like, this was seven, six, like it was crazy. As I was watching the the rest of it, I gave up the five goals straight and then came back and back and back and forth. And wow. Just nuts. Earlier then, that day, uh, no, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and then, and then I was just going to add with the Seattle game, that one I kind of wrote off because Seattle been so strong this season that I, I just, I dismissed it and then they won that game. So, I mean, that's what, what I was, that's why I was saying it's such a crazy road trip, Western road trip that gave me, unexpected joy but it's all bittersweet because we're all still watching the standings and, and still kind of hoping that they don't do quite as well as possible but still show some growth and i think they're doing that though they're, i think they're doing all of it um when you had mentioned the the barn burner of the game and the 80 style game uh sean earlier that day because monday wished me uh uh canadians regulation loss eight seven i believe <laughs> with Caulfield scoring seven goals or something like that. I can't remember exactly what Sean said, but uh, what was it, Sean? I think it was five goals. It was like a 6-5 okay, loss or 7-5 loss. And okay. Caulfield, all five goals. Anyways, it was pretty close. So it was an enjoyable game. Sean, following in the narrative steps of the master, Jonathan there to, to pay tribute <laughs> on his birthday. Well done. <laughs> I, know, I know what uh, he'd love as a present, and I know he would love <laughs> nothing more than that. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to wish him a Habs win, but I, I realized <laughs> that would have been an error. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse jinx or something, then. Uh, you know what? The silver lining is that Florida, we expected that pick to be between 25 and 32, yeah. and it's looking to be more like 15 to 20, which, which is great in this draft. So um, if you get two picks at 20 range, I think, I think you're pretty golden. And if they get a third from a trade, it sounds like, you know, uh, there's there's interest in Edmondson, and I can see that. I mean, if people love Sherratt, uh, Edmondson's on another level, and I think he still has an extra year left, right? So, and are yeah. you hearing Edmondson is going to Edmonton? Is that the rumor that you read, Sean? That they have I, I've seen, I've I've seen that, and to me that okay. makes sense. But okay. uh, who who knows? I mean, people, teams get desperate, right? Edmondson yeah. for Bordeaux would be a pretty good deal for Montreal. That, that's like a first round pick, right? So. Yeah, oh, that's exactly. right. Yeah. Does he know how to speak French? Yeah, he's uh, he's from Quebec. I, I'm just kidding. There's no last name. <laughs> I, I, I should have known. <laughs> it, it, and that that kind of a move does sound like a uh, Horton kind of a move. So who knows? Uh, we'll see how desperate things go as they get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Well, I mean, I can't see them not hoarding right shot defensemen. That's kind of their being prepared seems to be that kind of thing. So, yeah. Should, should we pivot now, Norm, and, uh, and, and tell us about it, what you think of your uh, Slavkovsky? Yeah, he's, I think, well, I know it's partly because of injuries, but he's gotten a chance to move up to the second line 
And when Monahan has been the center on that line, along with Anderson, it's pretty beefy line and, and but a, a beefy line with some skill. So I've been pretty happy to, to see his play there. Uh, the only thing that I've, that's only been concerned to me is of course, when he got clocked there in the Vancouver game and again, again, again. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's a disturbing pattern, not just getting clocked, but the way it seems to happen because he, he needs to watch some Gordy Howe, uh, replays where he's got the guy's got his elbow get his elbows up or something or a stick up uh, to, well, he's to defend himself. Get, he, the thing he's got to get up i think mom is his head he's got his head buried he's got his chin buried in his chest flying around like eric lindros just yeah he's the biggest guy out there he's not that. the biggest guy anymore yeah i was True. just gonna say he's got to stop getting lindros there was there's a video that came out on twitter today and it was adam nicholas actually working on him with that on head movement and such it was directly that you one-on-one working with that and i find stuff got it's not open ice hits as much as it is along the boards and thinking i'm gonna just get pinned and that's it no no you're you're gonna get crushed and you Mm. you know it's happened a couple times he's a really big guy like and he's been playing against mostly smaller players right so he's not used to getting hit i mean yeah let's hope he can adjust that because if he can't that's gonna well, significantly impact his ability to grow as a player. Yes, and it'll shorten his career if he keeps getting hit in the head. So he has to do both. He has to keep his head up, which good Nichols is working on it. But those those elbows got to get up in the corner too. You got to get deterrent. You know, yeah. Norm, do you want Slavkovsky in? Uh, do you want Slavkovsky at the WJCs? Yeah, I'm a little torn on that one. It was an interesting article on uh, Habs World where. Uh, writers weigh in on that very topic so i wanted to, to bring it up here with, uh, for our crew here it's I, i'd like to see it i guess i'm leaning towards i'd like to see it happen and but whether it will happen that's really tough call especially with all the injuries they, they've got right now up front so but yeah i think it would help them to play with with players more of his own age if not his own size and uh I don't think it's a confidence thing, but just more of a readjustment before coming back to the NHL. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think I probably would have agreed with you if there wasn't uh, the injuries, but the fact that he's playing up in the lineup now, I'd probably rather him stay. Yeah. Unless those guys are all coming back soon. Uh, but it, it sounds like, you know, Gallagher's going to be out for a bit and Hoffman's out for a bit. So if he's playing up in the lineup, I'd rather him stay. Yeah. If he's, if he's second line against it and getting lots of time, that's, that's perfectly fine. I, if he's playing third, fourth line minutes, send him to the World Juniors just for the ice time, just for the experience of playing on the top offensive line again. Um, right. But I saw a tweet from uh, Mark Antoine Guadin today, um, and he was talking to Jeff Gordon, who said uh, he asked him about rela- releasing Slavkowski, and, and Gordon's reply was, "The way he's the way he's going, I don't think so." Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, they're seeing the same thing that we're doing. We're seeing that he's playing better at a, at a, on a higher line with, uh, you know, better line mates in a more offensive role. And, of course, obviously, if, if uh, they had the skills development coach working with him on get, keeping his head up, they're being proactive so he doesn't get rocked again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he, if he was still playing with Pizzetta and Evans, then I would say, yeah, okay, send him over. But... Now that he's, uh, I think he's thriving right now. I think he's playing great hockey, and you know, you wouldn't if you're if you're in university taking a math course and you're getting percent, 
you're not going to send him back down to high school to get some confidence back, right? <laughs> he's he's only going to learn in That's the NHL. He's only going to learn in the NHL these types of things. Like, what's he going to do in the WJC? He's, he's obviously not going to get crushed there, which is his biggest drawback, right? So maybe confidence, but I think he's I think he's uh he's already growing in confidence and uh, when he whenever he plays with uh, Monaghan and even Dvorak and you know when he plays up the lineup and he's no I, I wouldn't send him I wouldn't send him at all. Okay. Although I feel bad for Slovakia because this seems to be a great chance to get a medal. I mean, there's so many young talents, right? So, but you got to think of your eye first and the Habs. Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully that's a Mishar good point. Hopefully, scores a hat trick every game for them. Yeah, there's that Mishar and that other kid, Dvorak, uh, the highly touted uh, prospect too. That could have been their first line right there. They better not draft that kid. Why not? Six foot two, two hundred pounds. No, you don't need three Slovakians. Come on. That seems just, it just seems crazy. It won't work. <laughs> it won't work. It works in, in the country of Slovakia, you know. <laughs> it won't work because you haven't seen it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay, could make it happen. Groundbreaking here. Could be. We'll uh, see. You twisted my arm. We'll see. You never know. His uh, his stock's been dropping a little, Dvorak, for what I was reading recently, too. So he might end up lining up with abs, pick, depending on where they get. It'd be interesting to see how far that Russian player falls in the draft. Yes. Being Russian and being under contract, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But you had a chance at him outside the top 10. That would be a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know how far he'll fall. I think he'll fall. And it's a lot to do with how the others are looking. You know, people before the season – they spoke about Fantilli, but now he's putting up Jack Eichel type numbers, right? <laughs> so it's like, and then there's other players that are kind of moving up. So, uh, you know, it's going to scare teams away because he, I think he's in, in the KHL for the next two, three years. Yeah. So Fantilli, you know, despite his good play, he's nowhere near Bedard, though, right? It's Bedard. You'd be surprised. I mean, these are really? absurd numbers. It's like un- unheard of numbers that he's putting you, you, up right now. You just never know, John, who's going to yeah. go first. Would you rather a six wow. foot three center or a five ten center? You know, if 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 Bedard was like McDavid's size, okay. But you know, some I'm not saying it's right. I would take Bedard, but you know, some NHL GMs, you never know. NHL GMs do like I think they prefer size. You're correct. Yeah, that's true. You just happen to catch the right one picking there and it could be a coin flip so it's tough to say and it depends on what they already have in stock too like if it happened to be say the new jersey devils what would they do not that i expect them yep. to be number one um not the way they're playing that's for sure yeah yeah that's what i meant <laughs> haven't they already clinched a playoff spot them in the bruins <laughs> not just yet i didn't realize the bruins had a plus 47 goal differential that's pretty good did they also 25 games for- yeah, weren't they also on like a 23 game home winning streak? It's it's insane. I mean, what did they do? But I think they, they lost Krejci? Oh, that's right. I actually thought they were going to regress this season. Oh well, there's always next year. Yeah, Paul. I was hoping the same too. <laughs> the Bruins are good, man. They're legit good. It's a, yeah. they keep showing these these advanced stats of Bergeron, and he's getting better. You're just like, how, how is that even possible? Like he's like the perfect NHL player, and he's just getting better. Yeah, at his age too, especially. That's that's really remarkable. Well, I'll just keep praying that Nick Suzuki is Mark Andre or Mark Berger, or Jesus Christ, Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> yeah. You don't want him to be Mark Andre Bergeron? <laughs> oh, oh man, imagine no, if that was no, the case in Montreal. Mark Andre Bergeron, that'd be pretty nice. 
<laughs> Suzuki and Caulfield got his time. You actually expected a Montreal Canadiens player to score when he had the puck on the stick. Like, actually was surprised when he missed the net. He's he's like uh, Kovalev on the power play, right? It's like, like you you don't cover him, he's going to snipe it. You cover him, he's going to find the open man. And it's it's incredible. Like, you, if he didn't have the wrist shot, it'd be completely different. But he's just he's just tearing – I don't want to say tearing the league apart because there's a lot of players that are actually doing that. But, I mean, it's he's beating Domi's uh, point totals for sure. And, I mean, we haven't had a 70-point – we have two in the last, like – 20 years <laughs> so right yeah yeah those two have been phenomenal i just hope they can keep it up and keep things entertaining for sure yeah i mean and, coffee lit an open net the other night against vancouver and he missed he, us. Oh my God, yeah he that was so rare i thought that was a goal <laughs> I, I think i think he like saw how wide open the net was and got so excited that he screwed up i think that's what it is like i think if the, if the goalie was closer to the net and it was less wide open he would have scored but he just got so excited like Wow, a free one, and he just blew it over the net. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't normally do that. No. I kind of wonder, and uh, I don't want to strive out too off the topic, but uh, like, what's his next contract looking like? Because he needs to be resigned. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen now for January first. Like right away, you think? Yeah, like it, I, I would say it happens before, like the trade deadline, for example, hmm, like before okay. March. Okay, I, I was and leaning I, towards All Star break time, but not too okay. far off. So like they have a, a number in head. Seven, it'll be seven years. Seven, eight. I think I, I think it'll be seven, seven, seven years, uh, forty-nine million. Yeah, they can go eight though because he's homegrown. Uh, I think he'll choose seven. I think he'll want seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What what would that put him to age-wise? Twenty-seven or eight? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's has just been earlier. There was a lot of rumors about that, but if, but I can understand from his slash his agent side of it. It's the it's not necessarily the best time to start negotiating. The club, I'm sure, wants to start negotiating, but they can yeah, player and agent side. They it's better to afford to wait. Um, You're right. I guess it depends on how much you want to bet on himself. But if I'm the player, you know, he's pretty comfortable right now. Uh, like he's obviously not playing for a contract per se, but the having the stability of knowing where you're going to be, I imagine we'll give him some type of you no know, trade, no movement clause as well to allow him to have some control in case. You know, things do go awry. I think he'd prefer to have that money in the bank in case, you know, who knows, maybe the Habs rehired Dominic Ducharme and he'd like to have a little control over his destiny and make sure because he they, they hired Ducharme back and that's it. Caulfield's got one goal in the rest of the, game, rest of the season. <laughs> then we'd know the tank's on. <laughs> it's, it's kind of impressive that, you know, his name was up there with all the, you know, fastest or the most goals in the first hundred games in Canadian's history, right? Like he was, he was in like the top five, I think. And it's yeah, crazy uh, to think about knowing how his the first thirty games of the season went last year. I mean, yeah. he's on a he, he's on pace for like was it like forty five goals or something? I mean, fifty. Yeah, like if it, it, it like is he going to score forty goals this year? He's at fifteen goals in twenty six games, so that's way above that pace. But yeah, but there's going to be a cool. He's going to get cold, right? Because like no nobody, he's. He's not going to score 60 goals, so he's going to cool off. How much is he going to cool off? Will he score 40? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he gets 33, 34. So you only think he scores another 50, like another 15 goals from here on up? There's yeah. There's I, I think there's going to. I think he's going to go like 50 games left. 55 games left. You only think he scores 15, little, 20 goals? Little guy probably get injured once or twice. Maybe miss a couple games with a torn with a torn hangnail. <laughs> 
So, you know. you, so do you guys all think he's going to score 40 for sure? It no. sounds like, it but sounds far, like you think, oh, injury, I think he will. But the thing about Caulfield is that he, he and I'm, I'm going to knock on wood before I say this, because I mentioned how I jinx things, but he doesn't get those big hits very often. I mean, he hits big guys in the corner and comes out with the puck. He doesn't hit them oh, very gosh. hard, but he hits them in the right place to separate them from the puck. And he's always shifting. He never, he, he always has his head up on a swivel because he's a little guy and he knows if he doesn't have his head up, he's going to get it taken off. So, so, most so sorry, Paul, are you a yay or nay for the 40 goals? I said, yes, barring injury. Definitely. Sean. Yeah. I think he's going to score 40. Norm. I'm going to say he's going to score a max Petretti 40. So what is that? 39. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, did he not get to 40 max? No. 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 He had like a couple, he had like two games left to get to it or something and he didn't hit it or something like that. Yeah. Classic. But you know, he, he yeah, he was going for the empty nets. Cole I don't even know if Cole's probably never out there on an empty net, right? So well, I'm sure I'm sure Marty guys out there if they're on hat tricks. Well, we saw Dvorak get an empty net hatter this year. If you're on a hat trick, Marty puts you on the ice. And I like that. Yeah. Okay. He he's he just knows the guys. Yeah. Okay, guys. So I wanted to bring up the injury bug that has really hit the Habs pretty hard lately. Uh, we've recently lost uh, Sean Monahan, David Savard, Brenna Gallagher, and then to throw that on top of the pile of uh, Hoffman, Drouin, and if you wanted to, you could include Paul Byron and Carey Price uh, long-term. What do you think about this? Is it more of a blessing or a curse? I can start. Um, yeah, go. I think that the allowing rookies or younger players like Slavkina is the benefit of the injury bug. But, you know, for us to get some value, uh, Monaghan would have to perform. Um, you know, optimistic as I am, given Jerron's injury situation, even I'm starting to lose hope that he'll actually perform well enough this season for us to garner an asset at the trade deadline. And Hoffman and Gallagher, you know, both were just really starting to get going in my eyes and both got hurt at a really bad time for their development. And, um, you know, hoping that Hoffman might score enough to delude somebody into taking him as a trade deadline. But I think that's going to be a next season move, unfortunately. So a bit of both really for me. Sean, what do you do think? Um, I agree with uh, Paul. I mean, uh, the Monaghan thing is unfortunate because, I mean, he's been helping Slavkovsky and he's been having a really good season and that some team might be willing to overpay for him in a, at the deadline. Uh, Savard as well, having a great season. You know, you kind of want him. You know, I don't want to – I would never hope injuries happen to anyone, but, you know, you want him blocking the shots rather than Gooley or Harris and stuff because like, he's been a, a tank on, on the penalty kill this year. Gallagher, I mean, it's just the, the writing's on the wall. I mean, he's just going to get hurt every year, and it's it's not going to get better. Whether it's a freak thing, I mean, it's just the style of play, right? Hoffman uh, could not care any less about him to begin. <laughs> uh, Drew, I mean, I don't think you were going to get much of him for, for him at the deadline regardless. Uh, I don't think a playoff team is looking for a guy like Drew. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, not a lot of young forwards to set that need to step up other than your eye. So in that sense, I don't know if it really helps the young forwards other than they're just giving a lot of all the power play time is going, you know, it's not Hoffman taking 
shots from the point, it's Suzuki and Caulfield are driving that. And I think that's really beneficial. Jonathan, any thoughts? I'm uh, in favor of anything that gets the Canadians young kids playing more and gets the veterans traded for draft picks. So whatever um, situation arises for that to transpire, that's what I'm in favor of. I don't want to see guys getting hurt because obviously then they're not available to be traded rather than play well and go on hot streaks. Like if Hoffman came back and scored, you know, hat tricks three games in a row and broke the most goals in a, for a Canadians player in three games record and then got traded. I'd love it. Um, yeah. Monaghan, yeah, he is playing well, but, uh, you know, I, I do think he has great value on the trade market. I think a lot of teams would like him, and you know, I'm not sure if we all saw what Daryl Sutter said about him, but um, Daryl Sutter said um, Sean Monaghan's captain, um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I, I think people understand those words in the, in the NHL leader that would mean he is. Yeah, it's... I think to answer my own question, I think it's a bit of both really. I mean, it's for the younger kids to develop and do what they want. They have to do to get better. They still need support. And if, and if that support is the in the form of uh, veterans that are just getting injured and staying out of the lineup. Well, I don't know if that helps. I mean, yes, it does give some of the other younger kids to more time. And I do like that. It's and and I'm surprised we haven't seen a call up yet. That's that's about the only well, other thing. Well, Pitlick, right? right? Or no? Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot to mention him. Yeah, and he scored a he's goal. Not the other bad, game. actually. Yeah, he's he should, in he, Seattle. I have four he, goals in three games against Seattle. The Seattle killer. The captain should, killer. He should be playing yeah. regardless. I mean, there's just no, what is Pizzetta bringing? Like, I'm sorry. Like, he does not bring a single. He's not playing like last year. I don't know if he's hurt or whatever, but he's not. He's not fighting. Not that I'm condoning that, but I mean, that's the only positive he ever brought. And I, I don't know. I think he's just an awful hockey player. Sorry if Michael Pizzetta is listening to this. <laughs> but Pitlick yeah, should I be like playing Pizzetta over last him. Year. I think Pizzetta was fun last year, and I agree he's not as fun this year. I, I would disagree a little, only with his play for the last couple of games. But before that, uh, yeah, he's been pretty terrible, and, and he struggled to get into the lineup. But he's played well the last couple of games. Maybe, maybe it's a blessing for him to get a little extra ice time and a few extra shifts and a little more opportunity. Yep. Okay. Now I wanted to move on to. So we passed the quarter mark, and there was that uh, wonderful anniversary on, on November 29th with the firing of Mark Bergevin. I think we're all going to be pretty unanimous about this, but I still wanted to bring it up. So how do, how do we think the new GM and VP are, are doing in their roles? Well, I like that you also talked about Bergevin there because I do think, you know, like if the Canadians do end up having, you know, some real success uh, in the next three to five years, I think some of the credit is going to have to go to Bergevin, one who uh, acquired Suzuki and Caulfield, correct? Yeah. Yeah, technically. So, Although I'd, yeah, I might argue he kind of fell into both of them because uh, yeah. the rumors were that he wanted Cody Glass, but uh, Vegas didn't want to give him up. And Caulfield Sometimes. kind of fell in the draft. Everybody, even Philadelphia fans were expecting them to, to draft him. And Yeah, he, still, but, though, you know, he still he still made the pick. And uh, who knows, maybe Bergevin was playing chess with Vegas. Maybe he wanted Suzuki all along, but he knew that if he asked for Suzuki, they would know that Suzuki was really good. So he asked for Glass and they said, now nah, you can take Suzuki instead. And he got what he wanted, you know, you never know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is he that bright? <laughs> but he is. I, I would say that except for, 
you know, turning the Montreal Canadiens hockey operations into a 21st century operation by adding skill development, drafting, coaching, um, better public relations, uh, an analytics department, and so on. They haven't really done much in a year. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, geez, uh, like I said, I pointed to that video of Adam Nicholas just spending time with Slavkovsky. I mean, this is not someone that Berger would have hired, right? And that, and every single draft pick is thriving, right? And it's not necessarily something that ever happened under Timmins. You mean uh, never happened? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, especially offensive talent, right? I don't think Bergevin would have ever taken Lane Hudson and look what he's doing, right? He probably would have taken Owen Beck, but he would have taken Owen Beck a lot higher. I'll give him credit for Caden Glue. That, that was the kind of out of the blue pick. No one really expected it, saying, oh, they don't need defensemen. They don't need defensemen. Great pick. But again, he probably thought, oh, that's a stay-at-home defenseman, not knowing that he's going to evolve well, into it. When they picked Gouley, I thought, okay, yeah, here's an, picking a, 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 you know, a top, a third, you know, a number three defenseman. Yeah, another Ben Sherrod. Great pick. You yeah, know, he probably won another, yeah. yeah. But, wow, wrong. But yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, it, it's positive that what they could do in a year, like Paul said. I mean, in one year, they did all that. You know, that, right. that's just, a, it's incredible. It's an, a complete overhaul. And uh, I mean, good for them. Yeah. And one of the things I think Bergeron learned a little too late into his career with the Habs was that you, you need to let these kids develop on their own in junior. You know, don't rush them. He kept rushing first round picks all the time. And most of them, didn't work out let's face it and i think Gooley might have been the first one they actually left alone and then they left caulfield alone as well for a couple seasons suzuki it's kind of a little bit trickier because i mean he was drafted by another organization first then they obtained him so he went to uh, vegas camp training camp i mean but still they also left him alone but it it was it was kind of the wave that he finally started to learn so it's hard to say, like in that sense, he did some things well, but the current regime, mind you, they got a first round, a first overall pick right away and picked Slavkovsky and put him in the lineup right away. So it's, we, we need a little more time on their track record to see if, uh, to, to see how they handle that. But it's They're certainly putting him in a place to succeed though, right? Like, like hmm. say Nikita Sherbeck, you know, he came up pretty early, but they never Never said, okay, move up the lineup because there's injuries. They just said, you, you stay there, and then a veteran will move up the lineup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, I, I mean, to me, this was a little bit of a gimme question. We're all pretty happy with the results so far. You guys mentioned some of the draft picks, especially they've been turning out like Lane, Lane Hudson. Oh, my God, that kid is just, just standing oh, tall talking so on, fun, on eh? its ears. He's so fun. There's highlights upon highlights. I shared a couple with you guys, but I mean, I'm sure you've seen a bunch more. It's just like he, I mean, the Kel McCarr, I hate to mention, do this, but the Kel McCarr uh, comparisons are there, but he's not as good of a skater as him, but he's, he's so creative, you know, like he's on, he's kind of on that level. So he's, he especially is just so impressive, especially since where he dropped to when they, and it fell into the laps and pick. Yeah. Speaking of which, one of the interesting things that has been happening is that the team has had a lot of the, the young rookie guys. They're not just learning the NHL uh, at a new level and new, new, like a higher level of ask on, in their play. A lot of them are actually being asked to play their offside. And uh, Jack, I played 
fair bit on his offside, um, which makes me fantasize about a pairing of Arbor Jackeye and Lane Hudson. Wow. <laughs> Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> Maybe you can put him so, on his shoulders. Yeah, or, or like he could skate through Arbor's legs. <laughs> and set up the play. Or take liberties with Hudson's because he's small and Jackeye knocks him in the next week. Mm, yeah. Nobody does it again. <laughs> yeah, if you can if you can catch Hudson doing his little spinneramas and pirouettes and yeah, good luck. Yeah, but he already grew. I mean, he's like he, he's now five eight. There are oh, five and, defensemen playing in the NHL, right? It's all not- in my in my eyes, Lane Hudson's six foot six. So <laughs> <laughs> makes no, you grow a few inches as well, eh, John? but but think about it if Caulfield was six inches taller he would have been top five yeah he would have people would have debated him and Hughes what's that he would people would debated Caulfield and Hughes if he was six foot three yeah and same with Hudson if he was like five or six inches taller he would have been in the at least the middle of the first round if not higher right so Montreal's looking at these guys and taking calculated risks on on the size they got a big guy in Slavkowski they take a little guy in in Hudson I mean they take a guy like um, I was going to say Alan Turingay Miguel Turingay uh, in the seventh round you know smaller smooth skating high skill defenseman and then they send him to Slovakia because they thought he might develop better over there for some reason than in the AHL so I mean I like I like the I like the coherence of the plan I like that it seems like these guys have a real vision and they're not going to start doing stupid things like selling prospects for draft picks to try to make the playoffs this year because suddenly, oh, the team's better than they used to be. If if this was the previous regime, I'd be terrified that that's exactly what they'd do. Yeah. Um, Berge Van, to his credit, didn't do that very often. But still, I, uh, I I just wouldn't feel that they'd be committed enough to their vision to, to stick with it. But here, I'm not af- that afraid. Although... The way Monahan's playing, even part of me says, mm, maybe resigning him might be definitely trade. Only if they trade Anderson. Only if they trade Anderson. You can keep Monahan if you trade Anderson, but don't keep both. Yes. You could trade both. I mean, yeah, uh, that'd be fine too. Anderson is uh, probably at peak value right now, and he is a very valuable player, but he's just, there's just, he, I never quite see, seems like we get as much as we could get from him. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not the, necessarily the power forward we thought we were getting. Yeah, he's big and he skates really well. But I mean, is he really playing a power forward? No, he's just kind of playing a north-south that skate and shoot. Yes, right. if he was a power forward, he'd be out muscling defenders on that rush, that lovely north-south rush that often ends with him not getting a shot on goal. Yeah, that's a guy that's going to have tremendous value. I don't know people are kind of oh, his contract five and a half million is not a lot. Yeah, and, no. you know, teams are going to love him. Like, I think what was reported was New Jersey. That's perfect. I mean, that's what Jack Hughes needs, right? Him and yeah. Brat. You put a guy like Anderson on the wing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, we'll take a couple of New Jersey first round picks. No problem at all. Two for one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. They might parlay something like that. I could see New Jersey wanting to get more serious about uh, mm-hmm. a long run when it comes closer to trade deadline, too. So, yeah. But when Hughes says, I don't think. 
you know, we're not really looking to trade Josh Anderson. He's not just playing the drive the value up game. That's his plan. But if he gets an offer that's outstanding, he'll make a deal. Speaking of long runs, uh, Pierre Gervais was uh, the Habs equipment manager for, you know, quite a long time. And he released a book recently. Did you guys happen to catch any of the excerpts from that book? Everything, because I don't uh, read French that well, everything I've been catching is on hearsay, but go ahead. Um, well, I think uh, Sean uh, does is the only uh, French uh, literate person in the group, so maybe French uh, Sean should share his opinions first. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, they're just complete bombshells of how uh, like there's like that lack of communication and respect that was there uh, at, at the time. And uh, uh, the one that stuck out with me was uh, the, the story on Pacioretty and how, you know, uh, Max was very quiet and he, even Pierre Gervais didn't, because it was that, that team vote they said, right? To, to, yeah, for the captain. Choose the captain. Yep. And even he questioned that thinking, uh, I think guys probably, probably voted more Subban, but then the, you know, the vote was private and the, the team wanted Pacioretty. Oh, no, he, what he had like a, Max had a specific equipment that he wanted. Some ab uh, stretching machine or something like that. Something weird like that, that only he, used, but he wanted it on to bring on the road. And Pierre said, uh, the truck's full. Like we barely have enough room to bring what we actually need. Uh, there's like, we're going to have to unload medical equipment to get this done. And so he had to go, once he explained this to Pacioretty, Pacioretty wouldn't listen. So he, Pierre had to go to Bergevin. And then finally, I guess that was settled, uh, which is kind of like, it's kind of a dick move. And then oh. um, when, when they went to Vegas, uh, Max never acknowledged the training staff. Like they were, you know, they saw each other every day for like 10 years, right? I think Max was there for what, eight, 10 years? Yeah. And the training staff and the, the athletic therapists and all those guys, like the trainers, they, they spend so much time setting up and taking care of the players. Like, most of the players you hear talk about training staff in the NFL, they treat them like gold because of all the hard work they do. You know, they land in the city. Like if anyone that's watched those 24 seven things, they land in the city and they got three or four hours left to work for them. So when they land at one o'clock in the morning, they're going to the rink and getting their whole, everything set up for the team escape the next morning. So yeah, yeah usually they're pretty well respected. And not just that. I mean, the guy broke his neck on the ice, right? There's the staff that helped him. Right. So, you know, yeah. to, 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 and then, Gervais went on to talk, compare it to Koivu. And I guess when Koivu came from Finland, it was Gervais and his assistant that kind of were, were cool with Koivu at the beginning and letting him learn the city and stuff. And those two, along with Koivu's family, were the only ones that were allowed to visit Koivu when he had cancer in the hospital. So that's oh. how much respect that Koivu gave them. So imagine that. It's like no one can visit, but the Pierre Gervais can. Oh. And it was like, yeah. wow. And then I, I guess Pierre was going through a separation and Quavo offered his apartment and like, it's just kind of the juxtaposition of the human beings. Wow. Captain I did not know that little tidbit yeah. there. Cool. Yeah. Saku, what, a, what a man Saku was, eh? The best. Class. Yep. Max Pacioretty wouldn't deserve to hold Saku Quavo's jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Thank you, Sean. Uh, the only other things I, I can add for, like I said, I've heard uh, third hand was, was uh, I guess, Ducharme pulled some stunts that a lot of the players didn't like, uh, such as uh, scheduling a practice or two when they weren't supposed to be scheduled and they're supposed to have time off. 
which what about I, playing your elite goal scorer um, four minutes a game and <sighs> sending him to the minors? Yeah, yeah. Well, you think a team like that? There's that's, that too. That's just a subconscious wish to get fired. That's all that is. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just little things like that. There were a lot of things that the players didn't uh, understand about that about why he pulled it. I'm actually surprised the players um, union didn't get involved when, with something like that. Cause I thought that broke some rules. Um, but there was also some, that, I mean, like, sorry to interrupt, but like, that's okay. like some, that's something like maybe a coach that garners respect would do. Right. Like a, like a, or like mm-hmm. a veteran that's been like, if Scotty Bowman said, okay, there's practice, you're not going to be like, well, if you charm, like you've been there like a, a year and from the juniors, you haven't done anything in your career. Who, who the hell are you? you know, like, so I don't yeah. know. It's just me. That had been, That'd be something Tortorella could get away with after a bad loss, right? Because hmm. way he is, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I was, I was actually happy when they hired Ducharme. I thought he would be great from watching him at the at the World Juniors, but alas, I was wrong. Yeah, I was hopeful too, Paul, because of that, thinking that he had a pedigree. But I guess not everybody makes that. Uh, adaptation when it gets to the pro level there's things that work in juniors that don't work in the pros yeah um and there was some some things in the book that came out about bergevin now i can't remember what it was and i didn't put them in my notes something about him being not being very mature i think it was oh yeah 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 well of course isn't he like the king of practical jokes like that's not surprising at all i'm sure bergevin is an absolute silly goose but i thought it was something different than that oh no i don't know yeah, like you laughed when somebody farted or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't get any details. Room, it's not going to smell nice anyway. <laughs> Maybe you got fined for not wearing a multicolored suit or something. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Bench press competitions and anyways, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'd have, I'd have, I'd, I'm going to pick up the book though. I, you got it. There's got to be some juicy info in there. I mean, he's been there forever. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I wonder how much you're really going to be able translation. So once that happens, I'll probably have a look at it. Oh, okay. Great. Hey, you guys can follow up with us then after you crack the code. <laughs> <laughs> so the Habs announced some official ambassadors re- recently, and Chris Nyland was was one of them. I think Guy Carboneau was another, and I can't remember uh, the rest of them. Veterans who are not quite as old as some of the other uh, generation from, like, say, the 70s and that. But one cool thing that I, I was reading that Chris Nyland did, and I didn't think he got a lot of press, is he invited uh, Arbor, Jack Guy, and Jordan Harris to his home for a uh, home-cooked meal, and I thought that was pretty cool. I wonder what that. I wonder what uh, um, people read into, like, because you know the Montreal media. I would imagine that they would probably say Chris Nyland um, disses Caden Gooley and uh, Kovacic. <laughs> Luckily, he thinks he thinks they suck, and he only likes Jack Guy and Harris. <laughs> right like i'm sure that's how it's going to get spun so chris nyland yeah you lose again bud yeah mm-hmm. this presence wasn't on the journal uh de montreal uh front page or oh, something. That's, well, well that's another change that i've heard about is that under the new regime the alumni are much more welcome around the bell center and around the team than they, they were previously um, and that was a complaint that serge savard among others had about bergevin yes i yes. think that's a really good move because you know it's important to to recognize the contributions of those veterans and and make the the young guys aware of the history and the legend that is the Canadians. And there's no better way to do that than meeting the living embodiment of it when you have the chance. So 
uh, I've never understood organizations that didn't promote and value their alumni. So, and I'm yeah. glad that ours isn't one of those again. Yeah, the new regime. Yeah, that's a good point, Paul. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Bergevin had some insecurity about that topic, and that's why he put those roadblocks up. I never understood it either at all. I never knew those existed. Especially, well, he did. He basically ghosted Serge Savard after Savard recommended him for the job as part in, in the interview process because mm. Savard was on the hiring committee when Bergeron was selected and he was in favor of Bergeron's candidacy. And there was some talk of him being a mentor, and I guess it was left unofficial and then just Bergeron just froze him out. Whereas, you know, there's no, there's not too many of the one man gang operations. Um, anymore where you hear the GM running the, sh the show completely on the hockey side. There's usually two or three guys now. One of the few that I can think of is that out of Philadelphia, all you hear about is Chuck Fletcher and you know how Phil, how, how well built Philadelphia is right now. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's another, that's kudos to, to Molson who, who finally got a, you know, a VP of hockey operations in place and, and, uh, as mentoring the GM, brilliant. And I think we've forgotten how innovative and out of the box and how shocking the hiring of Martin St. Louis was last season because he's been so good. Everybody is like, oh yeah, of course I know he was going to be good. But no, they got a lot of, uh, it was a lot of anxiety about that hire and a lot of, a lot of uh, derogatory uh, comments as well. So, I mean, they have the, they have the courage to do something like that. Mm -hmm. that early in their tenure when they knew that the reaction wouldn't be good so yeah maybe yeah. Bergerin's uh, issue with Savard is he probably said you hired me so how can I trust you <laughs> <laughs> nice that'd, that'd be a good practical joke <laughs> uh, <if> it's... <laughs> no I, I have nothing against Bergerin he did he did some good things I just it's just the, the lack of a coherent plan and the you know the the, uh, the inability of, to fire Sylvain Lefebvre after his first season of ineffectiveness and his second season of ineffectiveness and his third season. His fifth, and you get the point. It was five seasons, wasn't it, or six? <laughs> like, that's the reason I thought he should have been fired long mm. before. Not right. about the, the, the main team, but about the, the stalled development and the lack of change in the plan when it wasn't working. Too many right. Andreas Martinsons. Yeah. Mm. yeah yeah exactly davis drew whiskey <laughs> you like that move don't uh, yeah i like that move because i used to love that player when i was watching tons of kings games when kopitar first got uh into the league i i really loved davis Drewski. i thought he was sick but yeah montreal no no <laughs> dwight king too i mean he had a great playoff run with them uh, probably oh. the worst one of the worst halves i've ever seen in my life oh yeah <laughs> Just a big ogre skate like, right there. Uh, just stop it around on the ice. Guy, Frank Shaft. He wasn't very good, but man, he could he could actually hit people. Imagine if he could actually skate at an NHL. Yeah, like, like uh, he he kind of reminded me uh, that Dwight King kind of reminded me like just a bit like a giant Aaron Downey. Hmm. Like just not good and just stomping around on the ice, like yeah. just horrible skating. <laughs> yeah. Just like. Bunch of chunks out of the ice every time he comes off. Like, yeah, just, for sure. He's, well, not, that, he's not gliding. Crazy that, that he's like obviously he's still an incredible hockey actually, player, but oof. But, but that was the year we actually had a good team and needed some help, and that's what we got. Dwight King and uh, who was the other guy? Uh, the fighter um, Steve Ott 
Remember? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Steve. Uh, he, he licked a visor once, so that makes him good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Hey, you know what? Some guys licks have one uh, one Stanley. Marshawn's won a Stanley Cup, right? Yep, just one. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, 2011 Bruins only won. They won. Thank God. Wait until this year. Oh, yeah. bite could, your be, could be. Bite your tongue. <laughs> could be. Could be. We'll see. They could pull a Tampa Bay move and uh, get squashed by a team like uh, Columbus. Not this year's Columbus. But, We'd love uh, to see it. I would. I'll be rooting for it. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, so we talked about trade rumors earlier, too. And I remember reading something about some scouts from Ottawa of all teams. I didn't ex- wouldn't have expected that. Uh, being at some home games in Montreal. Uh, has anybody else heard any other trade rumors or any scout Rumors. That sort of uh, Edmon- Edmondson to the Oilers. Um, that's the only one that I think I've read recently. Anderson to the Devils. Anderson so. to the Devils. Yeah, we talked about that one too. Yeah. Uh, the the rumor to Edmonton I heard was Monahan to Edmonton for Bougal. Okay. Not Edmondson. Maybe, maybe it's maybe Edmonton. We're going to do a big shakeup. Maybe it's uh, Monahan and Edmondson. Edmondson for McDavid. Mm, yeah, probably not. Okay. Well, you never know. Guy can dream. Guy can dream. Yeah, we couldn't fit him under the cap. Somebody would have to have some, I don't know, naked pictures of Kenny Holland in some compromising position before anything like that would ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to dream. Okay. I yeah, thought there was, was <laughs> as the saying goes, he got traded, so it could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that was very extenuating circumstances, though, too. Molson just, Molson just throws $100,000 cats his way and says, here you go, bud. <laughs> I mean, they will have to move money. I mean, uh, you know, the big rumor around was Pierre-Luc Dubois was hoping to come to Montreal. I don't know if that's still true. He's having one great year in Winnipeg, so if you can have him behind Suzuki. Uh, but, I mean, you can't just add him, right? And what's the plan with Doc? Is he, is he a right-winger of for the good, for the future, or are you going to put it? Well, you got to leave that line together at this point. You don't break that line up until they start to struggle for a long time because they're three of them are playing great together. Doc is, you know, he's not necessarily an impact on every goal, but you know, he creates space on the ice and he creates time on the ice for both those guys. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that line with a ten foot pole right now. He has an impact on a lot of goals though with his puck retrieval and his his ability to keep the puck in the zone. Yeah, um, but he plays the wing like a center. You know, with the zone entries and the puck distribution, he's not playing like a typical winger. He's playing. He's he's awesome. I love that trade from day one. Yeah. I, lo- I think Kirby is a great addition for this team. I yeah. always think he's going to get the puck stripped off him when he's under pressure, and he always comes out with it, and or at he's, least a lot of times, and he gets makes the right pass, and he's a good player. He's got a lot of when he leans on his stick. There's a lot of beef on that stick. It's a hard stick to lift up. Yep. Yeah, I, that's uh, true. I have to admit that when that trade happened, I was furious. I was enraged. <laughs> because you're scared of Romanov, eh? I get it. Well, not that, no, because when they announced the trade, I thought they were going to go, I thought they were going to get another pick and get right. I yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I right. told you, I thought, they were, I thought they were getting Kane. I thought it was going to go Bedlam in Montreal. And the, greatest <laughs> oh. American, and the greatest American player ever born was coming our way. Taxi drivers wouldn't be excited about it, but who cares? <laughs> Just take Ubers, baby. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was wrong, totally wrong about that deal. And I mean, who knew that Roman, I mean, among us fans, even us ones who are rather religiously following the team, who knew that Romanoff was surplus to requirements? 
Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. we never knew. I, we didn't know the defensive depth that was going to come in and how good the kids are going to be. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't, sure, I don't think they even knew. I think they were hopeful, but I don't think they knew. I mean, how could you know? I mean, oh, sure. were two rookies come through, but three or four and Kova Savage. I mean, even Marty St. Louis hadn't heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. I still, uh, I, I still am meh with Kova Savage. Uh, he, okay. he can come or go. I'm still not in He's a good, serviceable defenseman they got for nothing. Who's yeah, young. that's fine. Yeah, well, it totally improves the value. Another, another thing to trade. Let's get a fourth round pick for him. See you later, bud. Did you <laughs> did you guys see the, the insane stat with Kovacevic the other day where he was not on the ice for a goal for or a goal against in the Canucks game? Yeah. That's I believe that. Which is, and you know, which is and why he played 23 minutes? Said, 23 minutes? Boring. He is boring. He is Mr. Boring. Bye. But you know, you want to have you in your third, fourth defenseman or fifth? The wrong, you know, boring what? is excellent. With the depth the Canadians like have on D right now, you do not want your fifth and sixth defenseman to be boring. You want them all bringing E. Not, yeah, but they can't all, you, greedy, they can't all greedy, be like greedy. that. Yes, I, know I am greedy, baby. Give me three <laughs> pairs of defensemen where each, each of the pairs puts up 20 goals. Okay. Okay, that's what I want. Give me sixty goals for my D man. That's what I'm looking for. Well, when Joel Edmondson and David Savard are in this roster, that's just not going to happen. I'm not but talking I, about this year, Norm. And I know okay. Kovacevic is on. I'm talking about two or three years from now. You know. Okay. But you did you have you guys noticed though that that the second most played uh, defensive pairing is Jordan Harris and uh, and Kovacevic, and those two guys have had some great metrics like regular metrics and the advanced stuff if you dig yeah. into it sometime you'd I'm not really dug surprised. into that Harris all, all the credit on Harris <laughs> Harris is not that electrifying but he's an extremely skilled player mm-hmm. and um yeah he's just fantastic Gail Julian Jack I get all the press but Harris has been equally good or better than than them at points no, Harris has not been better than Gooley at any not point. Not Gooley, better than Jack. <laughs> okay. Yes, Jack. Okay. Jack has been struggling recently. I uh, yeah, I think you're just oh. mad because he slipped in that glove in that fight, Sean. <laughs> I'm just really mad about, about that. that. <laughs> yes, you are mad. You're mad about that, and you need to. I'm not mad, but yeah, I, I am kind of disappointed. He's not as. Uh, uh, you know, when he ragdolled Cassian, I was like, "Oh my god, he's going to come in. He's going to murder everyone. He's going to be like the new Tom Wilson." But then he. Just kind of well, drew other fights after. Here's, like, something, well, that, here's uh, something that you're going to like. I'm, I'm, you know, Montreal's already, has Montreal already played Minnesota twice this year. Have they? Yep. Oh. Yep. So, yeah, you, you guys want to know what you guys want to know why Ryan Reeves got traded to Minnesota? Because they hadn't played the Rangers yet. Ryan Reeves demanded a trade out of New York, saying, I can't fight this Jack guy. guy's going to take the belt from me. Trade me. <laughs> who have they played twice in the West? Trade me to, the, trade me to Minnesota. Ryan Reeves is so scared of Arbor Jackye, he demanded a trade to the Minnesota Wild. You heard it here first on the Habs Road podcast. Ryan Reeves is scared of Arbor Breaking Jackye. news. I love Breaking that. news. <laughs> you better tweet that. You should tweet it at Ryan, and you should say it face to face. He looks like a fun guy, though. I think he. Oh yeah, fun. I bet he is. Oh yeah, I bet you all of his teammates love him too, for sure. But I would definitely not say that to his face because Ryan Reeves would just absolutely pop my eyes shut in two seconds. Yeah, no doubt. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to take down Ryan Reeves with an AK forty-seven. Maybe a sharp uh, skate blade and hit his Achilles tendon in the right spot. You might be able to take him down, but that's about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, guys. Um, okay. 
So I just wanted to, I think my last topic on here, Habs related, is just uh, the prospect watch because we've been talking about them a little bit in previous podcasts this year. And uh, in among, and we've already talked about Lane Hudson and gushed over him again. Probably it's going to be a regular thing for us. But I wanted to point out, and I shared with you some, some videos uh, earlier today about a, a lesser known ones such as uh, Vincent Rohrer, who, I, who got an invitation and should be playing at the World Junior Championship too um, for Austria. He's been doing quite well. So has Logan Mayu. Uh, some, has scored some really nice highlight goals. Logan Mayu looks silky, man. He looks silky. Dan- like when there's open ice, like on, in overtime and the three on three with the London Knights, he is silky. Yeah. 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 Uh, he has his drawbacks, so he's not, I mean, he's not the perfect defenseman, but I mean, he hasn't played a lot recently. So uh, hopefully things, you can't teach that talent with that size. I mean, he's like six, three, six, four, right? And, yeah. Uh, that goal he scored where he was he went around three four players. I mean, it's not a lot of defensemen can do that, especially at that size. Yeah, you expect, you expect that from a Hudson, but maybe not a guy like that. Yeah, and he is a right shot, so it could be Hudson and Mayu. And that, and by the that way, that would be another that would be a huge kudos Bergevin because everyone didn't like that pick because naughty naughty boy. Yes, but. Contrast the way the Canadians have handled that since the regime change with the way the Bruins tried to bring in uh, that Miller kid for some reason that I can't understand. You're correct, better. What's that? You're correct. Yeah, the Canadians did it better. Yeah, I just, you think they would have learned from what happened with Mayu not to just try to BS their way through it. Um, Mayu, great. I thought. Uh, Simono is doing really well in the AHL going back to progress prospects. I saw, I got to see him play in Charlottetown. Uh, he was playing. He oh, played nice. Charlottetown oh. Islanders. And he, um, they were the day we saw them, they were playing against um, Joshua Wah uh, mm. team. So it was William Trudeau and, and uh, Simono were on the, the Islanders team and uh, Wah, uh, the Cataracts, I think it was. And they, uh, they all played really well. Uh, Simonov's a really tough kid, for, and he can he's undersized, but really scrappy, really gritty player and skilled. Yeah, I like that combination. Yeah. Uh, and then the other fellow I was going to mention was Sean Farrell, uh, second-year college player. And I think he skipped a year. He would have went into college. This would have been his third year, but because of COVID and all that, I think he stayed in the USHL uh, another season. He's another one I'm really excited about, and he's having a good – Season two. He's absolutely dominating. And that's, I mean, uh, and that's another one you're going to add to the AHL next year. But, you know, I don't think he needs to play another year of college. Well, you never know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's a bright future. And going back to John's favorite, Owen Beck, just tearing it up again, 60% on faceoffs, uh, close to the top 10 in OHL in scoring. You know, no one would have predicted that before. And so... I don't know. It's uh, Misar. I think at the Mishar had uh, two points today, so he's back on track. He kind of lulled a bit, but I don't. I, Kitchener's a really bad team, so the and, hope and is this, he gets is traded. The, this is the last game of uh, before he heads off to World Juniors, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I hadn't mentioned those guys. Thanks for adding them. So we're running out of time, guys. I'm gonna actually. So let's wrap it up here. Thanks for joining me this evening and uh, go Habs go. Go Habs go. Thanks boys. Great, great talking. Thanks again.